0: If it's social then you really could believe it. You can't let people say it's so serious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you serious. Uh uh oh uh uh oh uh oh uh oh oh. Now Carrie Kirpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I get to talk to a fabulous social lady. Allison Gillespie is a brand manager at Whirlpool Corporation working on Gladiator Garageworks, one of their smaller yet scrappier brands, and one of my personal favorites. We have Gladiator Garage Works in our garage, and it has definitely helped us store all of the many, 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 many memories that the Kirpins care to store. <laughs> Hint: it's a lot. Allison spent a long career over 13 years at Whirlpool, going working on different brands and different channels, and has had a really incredible story. So I'd love for you to take a listen now. Welcome, Allison, to the show. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to have you. And as you know, I'm a big fan of the product that you currently work on because it's helped make sure that I don't end up divorced with all the stuff that we store and keep. So it's it's a great, great product that we keep in our garage. And I would love, before we get to that actual product and what you do there... I really want it, I want our listeners to hear the story of Allison because I've heard a little bit and it's pretty awesome. So tell us the story.
1: Uh, well, thanks. Yeah. So I started off in at Michigan State University and I majored in marketing. And about two weeks after graduation, I joined Whirlpool Corporation. And I've been there ever since. So my whole career has been with Whirlpool about 13 years now. I started off in... Whirlpool's leadership development program, a sales
0: program called the real world. So you're just at a school and you get recruited for this leadership program that is basically the real world, but without, I assume without cameras, no cameras on your real world. No cameras. No, it it would have been really neat if there were cameras, but I'm kind of glad there wasn't. Is it like the real world in that when you're using all the products, I get the whole concept, right? Like you're using the ranges, you're using all of the appliances. So you're learning, Um, but are you also making friends through that process? Is it something where you build these lasting relationships? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I went through
1: the program, like I said, years ago, and to this day, still friends with the folks from my class. You know, we've really grown up together, uh, marriages, children, right, Um, seeing each other at various functions for work. Some people were in each other's wedding. So really, yes, definitely lifelong friendships within the class. So we all showed up you know young some of us right out of college didn't know each other a lot of type a personalities living in a house and yeah it were some really fun times and definitely lasting friendships not only within the the class that you were in but within the different classes. So we've had 55 classes go through with hundreds of alumni who are still with the company that went out into the sales force and into respective roles throughout the company. So really, really cool program. Have a lot of passion for it and definitely think that it was neat to start my career in
0: sales. Is it a competitive program to get in? To get into that? It must be very difficult.
1: Yeah, and it has uh, even more so over the years as You know the word's gotten out about it. I know it's been in several publications. You know textbooks even talk about this program because it was kind of one of the first of its kind. I know it started because we wanted at Whirlpool to mirror our sales force with our actual consumers. So that meant bringing younger folks, um, women, you know, more diversity to really represent who was actually buying our products. So it was neat, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s when this program formed. So really cool.
0: Wow, That is so awesome. Okay. So you did the program and then what's next?
1: Yep. So after the program, they actually tell you where you're going to move. So I moved to Houston, no no say, and I sold our appliances down there for about three years. So again, great kind of feet on the street get to really know the product you're selling, and get to really know your consumer, right? So uh, love that as kind of a foundation to the rest of my career within Whirlpool, kind of going more into the marketing space to really have that base knowledge of, hey, I sold these products, right? And I, I can remember vivid conversations with sales associates or folks I met In in the Texas area, and I bring that now back to corporate, right, and to kind of give the reality check to folks up here of when we're making decisions for marketing messages or whatnot. So was in the field, had uh, you know great experiences down there. I moved up to our corporate office in 2007. Uh, Where our world headquarters is in Benton Harbor, Michigan, and I joined the Lowe's sales and marketing team. So obviously one of our biggest. Channels and I worked with their marketing team at their corporate office to develop, you know, co-marketing opportunities. How do we bring our brands to life on the Lowe's showroom floors? So mm-hmm. again, great opportunity, um, you know, right on the heels of kind of that selling experience in the field. I then moved over to Whirlpool brand. And I was on the marketing team for Whirlpool Brand, uh, basically launching our products. So everything from photography to messaging to feature naming, video content, et cetera. That's obviously our largest brand within the Whirlpool Corporation and huge, huge learning opportunity, Um, getting touch points with product development and merchandising and sales. So great learning there. Um, I then moved over to our e-business group, and at the time, it was relatively new for us at Whirlpool to get into the direct-to-consumer sales space, so I helped to launch our outlet website, so creating the website, the content, email campaigns, search, you know, really getting you know, uh, dipping my toe in the water there and learning those digital foundations. Right. So that was, again, another awesome opportunity analytics, the whole, whole nine yards just really learning that space and, and getting that message out to consumer that, hey, you can buy an appliance online, right? I mean, it's, it's not like buying a pair of shoes. It's obviously a little different there. You have right. to measure for your refrigerator. You need to know if you want front load or top load laundry, that sort of thing. So there was a unique way to communicate to the end consumer versus, you know, with a piece of uh, point of purchase material, let's say, that I developed on the Whirlpool or Lowe's teams Yeah. So that was uh, my first experience with the digital world, and then I moved to Maytag brand and this is where I was most recently before joining Gladiator and um, was on the brand for about three and a half years and amazing, amazing opportunity. I can't say enough about it. I joined the brand in 2012 and we were in the process of really looking at the brand and where it stood in the portfolio within Whirlpool Corporation and what Maytag, you know, what brand with so much history, uh, there's so much opportunity as well. So helped to write a brief that really changed the brand to what is known today with the Maytag Man campaign. So,
0: wow,
1: yeah, it was, it was awesome to be a part of from the start to the end, right. With hiring, uh, the Maytag Man, Colin Ferguson, he's amazing. And, you know, getting those first TV commercials and, uh, you know all the success that's come with it to see it through, right? I thought it was really important for me to stay on the brand and and not only brief and execute and then optimize. So <laughs> that I have a lot of heart for the Maytag brand. Um love it. And we yeah, we did some really cool things there. And then I moved over to Gladiator recently, and Gladiator is probably one of the younger brands within Whirlpool Corporation. Um We're going to be 15 years old next year, which is...
0: Oh, so your baby is in Whirlpool. Yeah,
1: we're we're a baby compared to, you know, Whirlpool brand over 100 years and Maytag and KitchenAid. Uh, We are a younger brand. So it's actually in a kind of a different area of the company where we're really encouraged to take risks and do, uh, you know, more bold things and really help to grow the businesses. So one of the reasons I came, um, just the opportunity. And also, like you said, I love that you love our products because they are amazing.
0: <laughs> They're beautiful. They're beautifully designed and they, they help solve a need. And so it's really, it's awesome.
1: Yep. So currently I do for Gladiator Brand pretty much all the direct-to-consumer marketing, you know, the communications from in-store to online, brand strategy. We're working on some exciting things to come, so...
0: Yeah. It's amazing to listen to somebody who spent their career at an organization. And I loved how you were able to find all of these different opportunities within Whirlpool. And so talk to me a little bit about when you felt you were ready for a change within the org, did you actively seek out uh, new spots and new places to go? Or did people tap you? Like, how, how does that work when you're in a big company? And you're looking to grow? How do you recommend navigating if you want to change to maybe a different product or a different line of business, something along those lines? What What do you recommend for that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I certainly never expected to be here um, this long. Exactly. And I think it proves that if you do really well, you have passion and you communicate what you want to do, I think that's a big thing, right? So opportunities came to go into various places within the company and I really wanted to within that kind of, I love the consumer. I love our products. Right. And I think it's really key to communicate what you want to do and also prove, you know, why you should do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. So making that known and not only to your direct manager, right, but to pretty much everyone you meet. I mean, I think it goes, you know, we're all in the branding, this marketing space, but we often don't realize that we are we have our own personal brand and i think that every time you meet people every you know whether it's at a trade show or a sales conference or even just a meeting to really put yourself out there as whatever you want to be right so um i really made it clear that hey i love marketing and this is what i want to do with my career i mean i think about you know back at michigan state dreaming about what I would do, I'm kind of doing it. You know, I I really am doing it. And I I feel like I followed my passion and stuck to my guns of what what Allison is good at and what I love and where I think Whirlpool can get the most out of me, if you will. So um, I think just communicating that intent and and really following through on it and and just being true to who you are is important.
0: I love the idea of not just knowing what you're good at, you know, and really like knowing and getting like, that's what the dream job is. And this is what you want to do. But, but also saying it and being unafraid to say like, this is where I think I'd be of most value to you. I also loved how you said that because it's, it's not just about what's best for you. It's also about what's best for the org, that your talents are best used in a place um, where, you know, you are strong. And I thought, I thought that was a really interesting part of the story too.
1: Some people could view it as short-sighted. Oh, you know you didn't go into merchandising, you didn't go into product development or all these other, you know, really core foundations. But my goal has never been to run the enterprise, right? Yep. I want to be in marketing and I want to really influence the space and do a really good job. And I think, you know, I've gotten these a really good breadth of experience in the years I've I've been here and been able to touch a lot of things and learn a lot of things. So to me, to your point, it's giving back, right? Like, here's what I'm good at. You know, I can right. definitely go rock a product development role and, and put out some great products in the world, but I don't know if that's where I'm best used. Right. right. I don't know if I'd
0: be fulfilled either. Does everyone from the real world program, I, I want to say real world house. It's, it is, it's a real world house, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause you all live yep. in the house. Okay. So yep. does everyone in the real world house go into sales first?
1: Yep. So it's a sales development program or leadership development Um But yes, you go into the field and like I said, you get placed in a region within the country and you're there from, you know, 24 months to 36 months and you really have a choice where you want to take your career. And I think that's another important, I mean, what's been great about Whirlpool is providing those opportunities, right? I have one of the girls who was in my class is still out in the field. So this many years later, she loves Selling our products, she's amazing at it, and that's where she stayed, right? So she's developed and grown within that space. But I have other friends who went to finance. My husband actually went through the program as well. He ended up in government affairs within
0: Whirlpool. So, well, this is um, my there's... favorite thing ever because I like to <laughs> I like to pretend. See, of course, true story, my dear listeners. I already knew that her husband also went through the program, but you didn't actually. You weren't in the same house, right? Because that's my fantasy that you guys were in the same house and you met, and that was it. No. And the real world brought you together. But alas, uh, that is not the story. Well. Yeah, close. Itch. He
1: was he was in the class right before me, so just a few months we missed each other. We met at a sales conference. I know, very romantic. Uh, there's a lot of whirlpool romances, as I'm sure there is. In I love it. Many companies, but yeah. yes, you know. And, and when we talk about relationships, his best man in his in our wedding, and then vice versa, they were each other's best men. So I mean, when you talk about those lasting relationships, I mean, they're best buddies and. One went to Ohio State and one went to Michigan, and yes, they are best friends.
0: So that's amazing. Um, I can't believe they even speak. That's awesome. Uh huh. So, so it just shows the power
1: of you know living in a house with people for two, three months, and then uh, growing careers together and all those life changes. So yeah.
0: One last question on this. So if every, everyone goes into sales, do you feel that sales is a, a skill that everyone can and should learn? Was it beneficial? Like, I, I assume since you went into marketing, sales wasn't really your shtick. It was more, more of a marketing thing. But did it teach you and give you tools that helped in marketing?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, it was a really great place to start. I know one of our vice presidents started on a delivery truck. And worked his way up, you know, so I think that when you, like I said earlier, when you really have that real life experience, you know, we say carried the bag, right? Like, no one can take that away from me. Like, Hey, I sold this stuff, you know, and I know this, right. Um, I, I heard this, you know, mother with five children talk about her laundry, you know, needs and not only, okay, to sell to her, but now to really develop a message that will resonate with her. Right. And I think that, you know, often in my life, I say, I think everyone should be a, a server at a restaurant because I think it teaches you a ton about just interpersonal relationships and respect yep. and that whole, I almost feel like people should start in a position of sales where you yep. really learn it and you live it. Right. And then now I think I've become a much better marketer because of that experience. So I think it's a great Uh, entry point into our company or any company, you know, I help recruit for real world program. And I think people see that, you know, you start in sales, and then you really are groomed to go in various parts of the company and really influence. And again, those spaces that you're good at.
0: Amazing. Okay, so now how long have you been at Gladiator Garage Works in this role now?
1: I have been in role about a year.
0: Okay. Um, so talk to me what about what it's like to go from a brand like Maytag, which I assume has a lot of resources, to a brand like Gladiator Garage Works, where you're probably doing a lot more. I would assume. I I would assume there's fewer staff on Gladiator Garage Works than Maytag, but I shouldn't I guess I shouldn't assume, yep. but I should ask. Am I correct?
1: Great assumption. Yep.
0: Resources across the board are, are okay. a lot limited here. Yep. So does working with limited resources I know it hurts, right? It's harder. Um, But can it also help?
1: I think so. I learned very quickly that, you know, this was not the Lowe's channel. This was not the Whirlpool brand. This was not the Maytag brand where you do have more money, more resources, more attention. But it, it really taught me to be more strategic with the decisions that are made, right? Because every dollar has to work that much harder and smarter. So, um, I think it's been really good for me to step back and really think about what is gonna be most impactful for our consumer and our trade and what's gonna make that, you know, one more sale, right? If this piece of literature is not gonna do that, like let's save our agency hours, let's save the dollars and put it towards something else. So yeah, it's been really a neat change a little bit in, in the pace and like you said, the, the resource structure itself just has been a lot different.
0: It just feels like very entrepreneurial to me. Like when you talk about, okay, well, if I if I divert my resources this way or this way, because it's so limited, it's like you feel every impact. I, that's what I hear is like every everything you can do, you will be able to see an impact and everything you don't do, it can kind of save you from making choices that might be kind of extraneous. I think it's a really interesting brand to have under the Whirlpool org
1: yeah, it totally is. We've got a couple brands um in the same kind of category where yep. we're we're more we're smaller and scrappier and but we, you know sell and it's a great product. And yeah, we're really, like I guess said encouraged to take risks and just um, work together as a smaller team. I mean, I sit with the whole team. So procurement, finance, engineering, product, we're all together, which is I love. Another, it shift from the core of our business right so if I have a question I mean we're talking we're getting it done and we're moving forward very efficiently and you know making decisions that do make an impact and and a quick impact
0: that is so awesome so tell me what you guys are looking to do going forward tell me a little bit about what's next for you and where you want the brand to go
1: yeah, so really exciting time for Gladiator brand right now. We uh, just completed a workshop where we're focusing on our brand strategy going forward. Because, like I said, we are 15 years old as of yep. uh, 2017, so very you're a
0: teenager.
1: Time. I know we're <laughs> we're right in that fun phase, yeah, yep. life. But uh, we we've got some exciting things coming from you know brand strategy. What do we stand for? Like, why do we exist? Right? We know we have amazing product. I mean, it's evident with our star ratings. I mean, we're 4.7 out of five as our average, um, highest in Whirlpool Corporation. I mean, people love our stuff and social, they're loving it, but it's what can we do to take that to the next level? So more to come there. I'm not going to reveal too much, but really excited about some of the things to come from just a strategy and how we go to market. Um, and then of course, product pipeline and everything that follows with that.
0: Over the course of your career you've been at Whirlpool for 13 years so you you've seen social media really impact marketing in a lot of ways. Talk to me a little bit about how important it is for Gladiator and or other brands you know within the org to take advantage of social media and and kind of what what and how they're looking at it. it doesn't have to just be Gladiator just as, as a whole how Whirlpool looks at social media uh, and the approach. Yeah,
1: I think um, social is a huge part of of any business right and mm-hmm. you know even however many years ago when i was in school i mean that social wasn't even really talked about right it was yep. make an awesome tv commercial and you know super analyze the super bowl ads and those are the successful brands and now it's just totally changed where who's leading that conversation in social who's really connecting with that consumer. And I think, um, at Whirlpool, we've made some great strides in recent years to make those connections. Um, because, you know, some of the other brands, right. It's a, it's a metal box that washes your clothes, right. So what's the social conversation look like for that? And I think, you know, like our Whirlpool brand has done an awesome job with connecting through families and chores and love and that sort of thing. So, uh, I think there's, I think we're on the horizon of a lot of really good things. Like I said, really made some strides in the social area, um, and I think for Gladiator, like we said, I mean, it's there's the love there, there's the passion, and it's up to me and, and you know, the team to unlock that. And how do we get these evangelists? You know, I think there's a lot of great brands out there who are doing some really great things, and I think Whirlpool can is looking to those brands and amping up what we're doing. And I got to say Maytag man too. uh, He's got a great voice in social. Yes, he does. uh, People love, I mean, there's some really great humor, um, just some uh, lifestyle stances that the Maytag man has made and gotten some attention for. So um, that's been really rewarding as well.
0: That is awesome. All right. Now tell me about your own personal social media usage. Are you a light user, moderate user, or heavy user?
1: I would say I'm a heavy user, but I'm often more of a observer than an actual doer. I'm not gonna say stalker, but you know. Um,
0: so where I, I'm, I'm, I'm some healthy stalking. We've discussed healthy stalking on this show before, yeah. so don't you worry. You're totally normal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm definitely not tweeting a ton. Um, I'm not posting on Facebook a ton, but I I tell you, I'm on my phone as pretty much everyone is these days, all the time, and I think the difference is being in social, being in the digital world, I'm looking at it from the lens of, ooh, that was really smart. You know, this branded something really cool, and I'm screenshotting and sending to agencies and and really getting inspired by some other brands, right? So my phone is just full of different screenshots from, you know, web executions and social pages and whatnot. But yeah, I would say I'm a heavy user, but uh, not a big poster. Um, yeah, it's
0: like inspiration but, over communication. If I were looking at it like you're you're yeah. reading to be inspired versus using it as a communications push tool. That's great, yeah. though, because listening That's, is infinitely more important than talking.
1: Yeah. Even on my own personal time, I'm still always looking and, and trying to find that next big idea and Again, yeah, being inspired by other brands. And I also, I'm coming at things from a different perspective. My husband recently left and started his own business. Wow. And selling mattresses. So uh, we've just recently started this whole business venture. And so now I'm looking at things in a different light as actually the person creating and posting and responding. Uh, I'm just learning a whole lot, right? It's a lot different when you're doing it by yourself and with your own money than, you know, obviously a company is with an agency behind you. So that's been really eye-opening and exciting to take those learnings and then bring it back to my gladiator role as well.
0: That is really exciting. Talking about going from scrappy to really scrappy, going to running a company on your own as an entrepreneur is pretty amazing too. And it must be fun to be able to work with your husband on a new venture like that. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah, we're all about following our passions, doing what we love. And he absolutely did that by, you know, walking away from corporate America and the salary and all that and, um, doing what he loves and taking a risk. And so I, it's been fun to be a part of that from the branding and I did the whole website, right. And social, yeah, being really scrappy and learning and it's been really fun. So
0: love it. Love um,
1: it. Exciting stuff happening.
0: And so, Allison, where should people get in touch with you? Where's the best way for them to connect? Would it be LinkedIn? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn would be a good place. Yeah. Where's the best place? Your favorite network that Gladiator Garage Works is currently on?
1: I would say Facebook is the current leader in that space. Current um, leader in, in the place. space. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We, we have a Pinterest board as well, a whole Pinterest, Pinterest program now. So that's exciting to get people inspired to design, you know, their dream garage or just get started and some fun ideas on there too. So.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a great guest today. You are one fabulous social lady.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much, Carrie, for having me. You've been listening to all the social ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likable Media. Likable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid-to-large size brands. Visit them at likable.com.